The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to tell you a story about Claire Schneider. Claire Schneider was single for many years, and she started coming to terms with the reality that she would probably never get married and she would never mother a child. When her twin sister Adele lost her husband, Claire moved in with her to help her raise her son during those difficult times. But still there remained this deep void within her as she yearned to nurture a child of her own. So after much thought and contemplation, she decided that she was going to retire from work and she was going to foster a child. She was going to sign up to be a foster mom. But she didn't want a typical child. She specifically wanted to raise a child with disability or with special needs. That's what she wanted to do. One day, Claire heard of a baby boy with spina bifida who had been born to a Hasidic family in New York. Now, in those days, days when this story takes place, children with disabilities were viewed in certain communities as a source of embarrassment for their families. There was this stigma that was attached to having a child with such conditions, and many parents would hide these children from the community or put them into institutions or offer them for foster care. So when Rabbi Avram Freund's son, Rafal, was born with spina bifida, he and his wife worried that this would tarnish the family's reputation. It would affect the lives of the siblings. So they wanted a religious home that would care for their child, but not here. That's when Claire Schneider stepped up. She took this little baby boy from the hospital, and she treated him as if he was her own child, loving him, giving him the attention that he needed. And although her own religious background, she was religious, but it followed more of what we call the Litvish traditions. She was sensitive to the fact that the Freunds were more Hasidic, so she would check with the father, the kosher symbols, what heksha do you like for your son, and when it came to the haircut, she, he, she waited for the three years, she made sure he had the payest like the rest of that family, extremely sensitive to all. And she invited Rabbi Freund to be the first to snip his son's hair at the Upshanish. She wanted there to be this family connection. Now, throughout those years, she lived in an apartment building. She lived on the third floor. The apartment buildings in New York don't have elevators, which means she would carry Raphael up three flights of steps every time she would come into the house or leave the house. But she loved it. She wasn't ashamed. She took him shopping. She took him wherever she went. She took him to all of his therapy appointments, to his doctor appointments. She wanted to make Raphael as high-functioning as possible, and she did everything in her power to help him learn and to help him grow. When Rafal was seven years old, the Freunds made the bold decision, we want to bring him home. We want him to be part of the family. And they, with respect, informed Claire of their decision. She was saddened by the fact that this boy that she had become so attached to was going to move out, but at the same time, proud of the Freunds for making this decision. And she supported it wholeheartedly. Of course, the visitations would continue. And Raphael lived with the Freunds until he passed away at the young age of 16 years old. Fast forward. When Claire Schneider passed away, we're now in June of 2013. Rabbi Avram Freund asked to speak at her funeral. And this is what he said. One would think that Claire Schneider left this world without any children. 
In reality, though, when she gets to heaven, she will realize that she has many children, not just dozens, not just hundreds, but she has thousands of children. The people at the funeral will look confused. What is he talking about? How does she have thousands of children? And he explained, for many years, it was very difficult for people in our community to come to terms with having a child with special needs. Everyone was hyper-concerned about the family's reputation. No one's going to want to marry into their family. They're going to think that it's part of the family gene. And so they would hide it. When our Raphael was born, we too, we were ashamed of his disability. But after Claire, not just shamelessly, but proudly, took our son wherever she went and loved him the way she did despite his disabilities, we felt the strength that we can do the same. So let me tell you all what happened. You know that when Raphael turned seven, we brought him back home. That was because we were inspired by Claire. Claire did that to us. She changed our way of thinking, but it goes well beyond that. The first Shabbos that Raphael was home with us, I kept my eye on the clock. The services in our huge synagogue starts at 9.30. I was always one of the first ones to the synagogue. Not that week. No. I waited. I waited till about 9.45. Why? I wanted the synagogue to be packed. I wanted everyone to be in their place. I wanted to make that entry so that everyone would see me. And I walked in holding my seven-year-old son, Raphael, in my arms the way I would hold a Torah scroll. And yes, I wanted all heads to turn. I wanted them to see how proud I was that this was my son. I wanted to make up for the seven years of shame that I didn't want to be known as Raphael's father. And so I walked slowly down the aisle of the shul, shaking my head good Shabbos to everyone that was there, because I wanted them to see my son. I wanted them to see how proud I was of being his father, and that I would never, ever again feel the need to hide his existence. And you know what happened that first Shabbos? After davening was over, 20 kids would come over, and they asked, what's his name? And they would start playing with him and talking to him. Raphael loved it, and these kids loved him. And he became popular in the shul. You know what else happened? A week later, a friend of mine whose wife had just given birth to a little girl with Down syndrome told me that they were thinking about an institution to put their daughter in. But after seeing me with Raphael that Shabbos, they decided we're bringing her home. And in the weeks thereafter, strange things kept on happening. Children we never knew existed started showing up in shul. Children that were in their homes for years, children with Down syndrome and autism and cerebral palsy, all these kids we never knew because they were hidden away for years. Suddenly, their parents were willing to acknowledge the existence of these special children. And these children were brought out of the woodworks, and they became part of the community. And they answered Amen in shul, and they sang the way they wanted to sing, but they were part of it. And the community embraced it. And the community started making programs for children with special needs. Stigmatized? What stigmatized? These children became embraced and loved in the community. And I want everyone to know that all these changes that have happened here over the last decade were all because of one woman named Claire Schneider. She enabled us to come to terms with our son's disabilities, and she gave me the courage to bring him to shul 
which served as the impetus for other families to do the same. And it goes beyond that. As these children, including my late son, were suddenly appearing on the scene, I realized that they too need a Jewish education. And yes, it would be hard for them to join a regular school. So what did I do? I retired from my job. I opened a new school called Sharei Chemla for children with disabilities so that they have a school of their own catering to their needs. By now, hundreds of children have passed through the doors of this school, and it's all because of one woman named Claire Schneider. So she did not leave this world childless at all. All the children who have benefited and continue to benefit from all the programs that has now started in this community, and it spread its way from community to community to community, are all Claire's children. One woman, one child, one action in one community, and the world has changed. It's not merely poetic to say, save one life and you save a world. It's real. It's true. We affect one person, it affects another, and affects another. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.